reading from our 365 daily Bible devotional. Let's go ahead and open up with prayer, please. Lord, the supply to listen and hear and understand may not be here yet, but it will come if we should have it. It will surely come. And Lord, we're asking for it. Lord, for your anointing to come. And desperately, we seek your face, Lord, through your word. We praise you and we thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ. We give you praise for our Savior, our friend, our master, Jesus Christ. Our commander-in-chief. Our glory. His presence in our lives. In Jesus' name, we thank you for today's uh, reading, Revelations, knowledge of your will and your love for us. Amen. So be it. So be it. In Jesus' name, we expect a miracle today, Lord. In reading for December the 13th, Obadiah, I like that name, Obadiah. Amen. Let's go ahead and get right into it. And the um, please pick yourself up a copy of the New Living Testament. Excuse me of the 365 Bible Daily Devotional. My Bible is so worn out. I'm not even able to read its jacket, its leather jacket, or whatever it was. Simulated leather. One year study Bible, New Living Testament. New Living Translation, excuse me. And its companion Bible is the Recovery Bible. This has been Life Recovery Bible, New Living Testament. Great, wonderful work those, those people have done for the body of Christ. God bless them, the writers. I really, really, really enjoy their, their look. Their, their commentaries and their descriptions. So here we go. Be, betrayal always produces feelings of agony. Will you believe that? And the closer our relationship with someone, the greater the pain we feel if that person betrays us. In this short book, Obadiah condemns the people of Edom for betraying their kingsmen in Judah who were under attack by Babylonian armies. The people of Judah were descendants of Jacob, while the Edomites were descendants from Jacob's twin brother, Esau. The two nations were closely related. Yet over the years, the Edomites treated the Israelites cruelly. When Judah needed help to stand against the armies of Babylon, the Edomites stood by and encouraged the attackers. They cheered the enemy on. They gloated while the Babylonians sacked Jerusalem. When the Babylonians left, the Edomites entered the holy city and helped themselves to the remaining plunder. They even captured Judeans who were trying to escape and turned them over to the Babylonians. Obadiah reassured the hurting Judeans that justice would come in God's timing. Edom would experience the same kind of destruction that Judah did. God promised that Judah and Israel would someday be restored, and he has been true to his word. The nation of Israel still exists, but the nation of Edom has gone, been gone for thousands of years. When we have been betrayed and are struggling with hatred and the desire to get even, we can leave justice in God's hands. We can rest in the knowledge that someday He will right all wrongs. 
When, then as we release the burden of anger and hatred to God, we can get on with the recovery process and enjoy our existence. Amen. In the bottom line of Obadiah is to demonstrate how God would accomplish recovery for his people after they had been betrayed by their close relatives. The author, the prophet of Obadiah, audience is the people of Judah and the Edomites. Date written either shortly after Judah and Jerusalem fell on the, to the Babylonians in 586 B.C. before Christ. Or perhaps much much earlier when Jehoram was king of Judah in 845 B.C. The prophet speaks alternately to the nation of Edom and to the people of Judah in Jerusalem. The key verse here, those who have been rescued will go up, go up to Mount Zion in Jerusalem to rule over the mountains of Edom, and the Lord himself will be king. Key people and relationships the book focused on the relationship between the descendants of Isaac's twin son, Jacob, the ancestor of the Judeans, and Esau, the ancestor of the Edomites. Now, justice belongs to God. When we have been betrayed by someone who we trusted and realized the enormity of the offense, we may become obsessed with a desire for revenge. Justice must prevail, might resound from our souls. Although these feelings are natural, God makes it very clear that we are not to act on them. Revenge will only bring more pain and devastation on our lives. We are to confidently place the situation in God's hand and trust Him to bring about true and total justice. Then we can be free from the destruction, from the destructive hatred that will only impede our recovery process. The danger of self-sufficiency. The Edomites were proud of their self-sufficiency and felt secure in their mountain fortress. But there is no lasting security apart from God. We need to guard our hearts as we progress in recovery. Success can suddenly lead us to think we can handle our dependencies alone, which invariably lead to relapse and despair. And anger. As we begin to feel good about our progress in life and in this plan of recovery, we must remember that God is the one who empowers us. We cannot stand on our own. We need God's constant help and strength. Amen. That's the value of praising and worship Him gives us confidence and joy that we are forgiven and we forgive others. One of the hardest things to do in life especially when betrayal has happened. But remember, in some point in our lives, we must have done it too. Amen. It's that little um, self-pity that doesn't like it. Pride had distorted the Edomites' thinking. They thought they were too great and powerful to need God. But God let them know that he would bring them crashing down. We may think that we don't need God because of our status in society or our wealth and prestige. This pride is always destructive. Whether we like it or not, we are helpless without God. If we cannot admit that we need God, we have little chance of recovery. No matter how capable we are, our dependencies will overwhelm us. 
if we don't have God on our side in battle. The people of Edom were Israelites' close relatives. The Edomites and the relatives were descended from Esau and Jacob, the twin sons of the patriarch Isaac. These brothers had lived in conflict with each other, though they made of a sort of a reconciliation later in life, they were never able to live together for long. Through the centuries, the anger between the two families continue. Unresolved conflicts always brings long-term consequences. Kind of like the Hatfields and the McCoys, huh? We may be suffering for the conflicts and sins of our ancestors. We carry many of their traits and dysfunctions within us. We need to resolve such conflicts and painful issues in our own lives now to avoid passing them on to future generations. God held the Edomites accountable for taking advantage of their helpless relatives in Israel. People who are undergoing tribulations are precious to God. He will not tolerate those who gain their from their misfortunes. God will bring justice, he says, that their evil deeds will fall back on their own heads. We may have suffered unjustly in the past. If so, we can let go of our hatred or bitterness because God will see that our enemies get what they deserve. If we have taken unfair advantage of others, we need to admit our sins to God and to seek to make amends. If we don't, God will not allow us to go unpunished. Amen. Obadiah's words were for God's people in Israel, but they apply to all people who suffer. While we may have trouble now, God will preserve his people and bless them in the future. We live with God as our king while our oppressors will be destroyed. Life may be rough now, but God promises, offers us hope for our future restoration. God's promises offer us hope for our future restoration. And we can help the process by praising and thanking God for his word. Amen. Okay, now for the reading of uh, Obadiah chapter 1. This is the vision that Sovereign Lord revealed to Obadiah concerning the land of Edom. We have heard a message from the Lord that an ambassador was sent to the nations to say, Get ready, everyone. Let's assemble our armies and attack Edom. The Lord says to Edom, I will cut you down to size among the nations. You will be greatly despised. You have been deceived by your own pride because you live in a rock fortress and make your home high in the mountains. Who can ever reach us way up here, you ask boastfully. But even if you soar as high as the eagles and build your nests among the stars, I will bring you crashing down, says the Lord. If thieves came at night and robbed you, what a disaster awaits you. They would not take everything. Those who harvest grapes always leave a few for the poor, but your enemies will wipe you out completely. Every nook and cranny of Edom will be searched and looted. Every treasure will be found and taken. All your allies will turn against you. You will help. They will help to chase you from your land. They will promise you peace while plotting to deceive and destroy you. Your trusted friends will set traps for you, and you won't even know about it. 
At that time, not a single washed person will be left in the whole land of Edom, says the Lord. For on the mountains of Edom, I will destroy everyone who has understanding. The mightiest warriors of Taman will be terrified, and everyone in the mountains of Edom will be cut down in the slaughter. Because of the violence you did to your close relatives in Israel, you will be filled with shame and destroyed forever. When they were invaded, you stood aloof, refusing to help them. Foreigners, invaders carried off their wealth and cast lots to divide up Jerusalem. But you acted like one of Israel's enemies. You should not have gloated when the, they exiled your relatives to distant lands. You should not have rejoiced when the people of Judah suffered such misfortune. You should not have spoken arrogantly in that terrible time of trouble. You should not have plundered the land of Israel when they were suffering such calamity. You should not have gloated over their destruction when they were suffering such calamity. You should not have seized their wealth when they were suffering such calamity. You should not have stood at the crossroads, killing those who tried to escape. You should not have captured the survivors and handed them over to the terrible times of trouble. The day is near when I, the Lord, will judge all godless nations. As you have done to Israel, so I will be so it will be done to you. All your evil deeds will fall back on your own heads, just as you swallowed up my people on my holy mountain, so you and the surrounding nations will swallow the punishment I pour out on you. Yes, all you nations will drink and stagger and disappear from history, but Jerusalem will become a refuge for those who escape. It will be a holy place and the people of Israel will come back to reclaim their inheritance. The people of Israel will be a raging fire and Edom a field of dry stubble. The descendants of Joseph will be a flame roaring across the field, devouring everything. There will be no survivors in Edom. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then my people living in the Negev will occupy the mountains of Edom. Those living in the foothills of Judah will possess the Philistine plains and take over the fields of Ephraim and Samaria. The people of Benjamin will occupy the land of Gilead. The exiles of Israel will return their land and occupy the Phoenician coast as far north as Seraphat. The captives from Jerusalem, exiled in the north, will return home and resettle the towns of the Negev. Those who have been rescued will go up to Mount Zion in Jerusalem, to rule over the mountains of Edom, and the Lord himself will be king. Amen. Let's go ahead and recap. Now remember the Edomites and Jews descended from two brothers, Esau and Jacob, from Genesis chapter 25, 19 to 26 verses. But just as these two brothers were constantly fighting, so were Israel and Edom. Instead of helping Israel, Edom had allowed them to be destroyed, even looted Jerusalem afterwards, rejoicing at Israel's misfortunes. Even looted Jerusalem afterwards, rejoicing at Israel's misfortunes. The Edomites were glad to see Judah in trouble. Their hatred made them want the nation destroyed. God pronounced judgment on Edom for his callous and malicious actions towards his people. Unlike other nations, God did not promise Edom any mercy. God did not judge Edom to be vengeful, but to bring justice. 
God was also fulfilling a promise he had made to Abraham more than a thousand years earlier to curse those who treat you with contempt. Genesis 12, 3. God had no for, not forgotten it was a thought as though he made the promise yesterday. God will fight for us when we live our lives with him. God will fight for us when we entrust our lives of worship and praise, praising Jesus for everything that's before us with him. None of God's promises will ever be broken. God remains faithful to his promises, and if we don't, God's faithfulness never ends. Let God's commitment compel you to deeper faithfulness, even in trials, so that you can witness God's promises when they come true. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. And I'm, I'm witnessing promises coming true every week, every day. Is what um, miracles are going to happen today. What great expectancies. What good things. The Lord is opening the windows of heaven and pouring down more blessings than I have room for. Amen. Now we're going to move over to the book of Revelations. And and we'll be reading a New Testament, Revelations chapter 4. And in Revelations chapter 4, the commentary, extremely good stuff here. God bless you. May the Lord help you. May the Lord help you praise Him for every wrong that had been done in your life or every wrong you done. May you praise him about it. Praise him and thank him like a good thing. It's because if you're forgiven, it's a good thing. A homeless man called this prayer, this attitude, a full circle. You know, you don't have to explain God your part. You just praise and thank him that that mercy is available. And by praising and worshiping, you're admitting that you, you don't have it all together. And it, it, purge, it purges the pride, the ego, the, self, the little child in you, the denial. Amen. So all of a sudden, our past becomes our purging uh, cleaners that purges us. Cleans our system. It humbles us. Amen. Brings us to our to ourselves and to our knees. Amen. In chapter four of Revelations, the Apostle John saw this spectacular scene in God's heavenly throne room. While he was a prisoner in the island of Patmos, we may also be living in bondage, feeling hopelessly entrapped and distant from God or deliverance. But like John, we can draw close to God even when the world around us is in dark and foreboding. John's vision of heaven gave him the hope he needed to face the lonely days ahead. And the record the apostle left us can give us hope during hard times too. Even when we are alone and helpless, God is still with us and we can draw near to Him. God's grace and power are never limited by the circumstances we are in. 
Would you hear me? God's grace and power are never limited by the circumstances, the past, the present, the future that we are in. Okay? We activate it by thanking Jesus for the problem. Is that too hard for you? Are you are you saying no, that can't be done? We can't praise God for something wrong, something bad, something evil? It's like throwing water on a fire, guy. Throwing water on a fire. Besides, we are not God to determine what God can do. He, do you like anyone telling you what to do? You think our Lord God, he says, I can do anything I want to do. So in God's kingdom, praise and worship brings his presence and makes everything all right. All is well in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's go back. Uh, In chapter 4, verses 4 and 8, two principles from this passage can encourage us as we work towards recovery. Let's go ahead and read 4 through 8. It says, 4 through 8. Then 24 24 thrones surrounded him and 24 elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder. And in front of the throne were seven torches with burning flames. This is the sevenfold spirit of God. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass sparkling like crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes, front and back. The first of these living beings was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a human face. And the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings, and their wings were covered all over with eyes, inside and out. Day after day and night after night, they kept on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Amen. Those are the two principles towards we work towards recovery. The fact that the 24 elders represent the people of God shows that believers are honored significantly by God in heaven. That The diverse appearance of the four living beings imply that God wants all of us to be unique, utilizing our special characteristics for His glory. God values us because He created us. Each of us has unique gifts to use in His service and for His glory. These truths can be encouraged can encourage us to deal with the problems and pressures of the recovery process. God is worthy of our continuous praise, okay? Even the great spiritual beings in heaven are fervently and continually praising God as we make God a daily focus in our lives and offer Him our gratitude and praise. We will discover new freedom from our problems and dependencies. Our painful circumstances will begin to fade away in the light of His glorious love and power. God is greater and more powerful than anything we have to face. 
God is greater and more powerful than anything we have to face. We can entrust our lives to Him, follow His will, and then praise Him for the amazing things He would do for us. Amen and amen. Chapter 4. Worship in heaven. There's worship going on in heaven. That was a great testament on the that reading that God is worthy of our continued praise. We can entrust our lives to Him. Follow His will easily because of the love that comes through the praise and worship. And then praise Him for the amazing things He will do for our past, our present, and our future. Revelation chapter 4 to verse 1 through 11. Then as I, John, looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven, and the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, Come up here, and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the Spirit, and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones like jasper and carnelian. And the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. Twenty-four thrones surrounded him, and twenty-four elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder. And in front of the thrones were seven torches with burning flames. This is the sevenfold spirit of God. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass sparkling like crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes front and back. The first of these living beings was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a human face and the fourth like an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings and their wings were covered all over with eyes. Inside and out, day after day and night after night, they kept on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Again, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. Amen. Again, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. You, for you, created all things, and they exist because you created what you please. Amen. That's the value, folks, of worshiping God, because He's worthy, the Lord our God, to receive 
we give him glory and honor and power for he has created all things created all molecules because they they exist amen let's recap in revelations chapter 4 is meant to draw our attention to god we see into the throne room of heaven god is the is on the throne and orchestrating all the events that John will record. The lightning and thunder reflects God's power and majesty and reminds us of Mount Sinai when God gave the people his laws. The sea of glass highlights both the magnificence and holiness of God. The four creatures symbolizes some of God's attributes, majesty and power, the lion, faithfulness, the ox, intelligence, the human, and sovereignty, the eagle. Verse 11 best sums up this chapter. All creatures in heaven and earth will praise and honor God because he is the creator and sustainer of everything. The world is not spinning out of control. The God of creation will carry out his plans. John showed us in heaven first so that we will not be frightened by the coming visions of the earth. We can be confident that amid all this confusion in our world, God is unwavering as we focus our attention on God and chaos around us will not rattle us. But because, not because we are uninvolved and indifferent, but because our decisions are centered on God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. We thank you for all our cares. We put them in your hands. We worship you and praise you, Jesus, that we are good to go because of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now for praying the Psalms. We thank the Lord for preparing a place for himself among his people and in our hearts. We ask him to continually prepare us by, by us worshiping and praising him and thanking him. He's preparing us for more glory and more honor Psalms 132 verses 1 through 18 Lord remember David and all that he suffered he made a solemn promise to the Lord he vowed to the mighty one of Israel I will not go home I will not let myself rest I will not let my eyes sleep nor close my eyelids in slumber until I find a place to build a house for the Lord a sanctuary for the mighty one of Israel we heard the ark was in Ephratot. Then we found it in the distant country of Jair. Jair. Let us go to the sanctuary of the Lord. Let us worship at the footstool of his throne. Arise, O Lord, and enter your resting place along with the ark, the symbol of your power. May your priests be clothed in godliness. May your loyal servants sing for joy for the sake of your servant David. Do not reject the king you have anointed. The Lord swore an oath to David with a promise he will never take back. I will place one of your descendants on your throne. If your descendants obey the terms of my covenant and the laws that I teach them, then your royal line will continue forever and ever. For the Lord has chosen Jerusalem. He has desired it for his home. This is my resting place forever, he said. I will live here, for this is the home I desire. I will bless this city and make it prosperous. I will satisfy its poor with food. I will clothe its priests with godliness, its 
faithful servants will sing for joy. Here I will increase the power of David. My anointed one will be a light for my people. I will clothe his enemies with shame, but he will be a glorious king. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In Proverbs 29, verses 24 and 25, If you assist a thief, you only hurt yourself. You are sworn to tell the truth, but you dare not testify. Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting in the Lord means safety. Amen and amen. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. Thanks be to God. Thank you for coming in today's broadcast. Let's go ahead and close it with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening in. Give them heaven and joy your existence.